Hey everyone, we hope you're having a great week. My name is Eric Johnson, and along with my wife Candace, we are the lead pastors of Studio. We are based in Greenville, South Carolina, and we just want to take a moment and say hello and say thanks for listening to this podcast. So with that, let's get right to it. I've never, um, I'm a good crier and I'm a really good talker. I just can't do it at the same time. (laughs) So just bear with me today. And if you are visiting UGA, so I'm so glad you guys didn't go to Reading this year. You came here. Want you know that. So good to have you. But if this is your first time um, and you happen to miss the opening of the service, um, my mom passed away this week. So today is a little bit different because of that. So just bear with me. I think it's important to, to talk about this for actually a lot of reasons. One is because this is actually part of her legacy, this right here. And I realize many of you know who my mom was, at least from a distance, and some of you have no clue who she is other than she's my mom. And something that's really important in, in my family is legacy and inheritance, and is something that we all have we all get something in the context of legacy and inheritance. And we all have an opportunity to become a part of something that has legacy and inheritance in it. And those two words are really big words in my family, huge words on, on a whole lot of levels, and that's for another time. But I felt it was important that, um, you know, and some of you are probably wondering why I didn't stay. Well, she passed away Wednesday, so we had two pretty full days of just taking care of a lot of details and grieving, and obviously we're not done with that by any means, but just uh, two solid days after my mom passed to be able to kind of get a few things situated. Then obviously we're gonna fly back out soon and and do her celebration service and so, but I, I wanted to be here with you guys because first of all, I love you all, and this is this is our home. And I also wanted to invite you guys into a conversation or just thought that I have around this was actually a part of her legacy right here this thing we call studio and I want to do my best to just talk a little bit about her but more about what we do in these moments and we all face tragedies crisis we always face a loss and and I think it's important I would never time this by any means in the early stages of this but, be, but it did happen, and it's important to Candace and I that what, what, what we do in these situations is important. You know, my mom said, first thing she was gonna do when she got better was come visit.
she won't live to see it. So I guess she sees it all now, really clear. <laughs> Which is cool. She gets to see how it all turns out in the next 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, she gets to see the whole thing, which is pretty remarkable. And uh, I just want to say thanks for many of you who texted me. My phone been on fire. It's just like <laughs> melting. And that just shows the kindness of so many of you and people from all over the world. And it's just, um, we're blown away by the kindness. Not surprised by it, but we're blown away by it. And so just thank you for that. And... <clears throat> You know, God created time and space. I've taught about this here. I've talked about it often. I geek about space. I geek about time. And there's so much in there that I like to talk about. And God created time and space. He, he didn't have to, but he did. And he, he, he's in a completely different dimension that we call eternity that we know very little about, but he, he creates time and space and he creates everything and then he creates humans. And he creates humans in a time and space and there are only some things that you can do while you're a human in time and space that you won't do in eternity. And if you're a follower of Jesus, your eternity looks different than if you're not a follower of Jesus. And so for those that are following Jesus that have said, you're my king, I give you my life, I repent of my sins and, and gone through that journey, that process, you, you, you now have been invited into a moment where you get to do things that you won't get to do when you get to heaven. There's only some things you can do while you're here on earth. And that's, I consider that a privilege. I consider that a responsibility. And one of the hardest things to do is to worship in times of great loss. Over here, it was just a mess. Not because I don't want to, it's just hard. It's just hard. But what we do is we, we worship. I can hear my mom's voice. She said, at all times, worship. And so what we do in this moment, what we do in times of great loss, and I realize, I know there are people in this room that were deeply impacted by mom, and I realize some of you, you don't know who she is. And, and as your life plays out, when you get into these moments of great loss, it's, you, get, you get an opportunity to turn your attention to God. You're not ignoring what's happening, but you're just simply turning your attention to Him. Because there will come a point where you don't have to do that anymore. Because when you step into eternity with him, there's no pain, there's no sickness, there's no death, there's no loss, and it's easy to worship. But the opportunity to worship when it's incredibly hard and doesn't make sense and nothing adds up, it's one of the greatest privileges of our life. It's one of the greatest privileges. And so I honestly wanted to come and be here and do that. Obviously, it's not just on Sunday, just every day, but for me, it was important to be here to just worship. And that's what we get to do. I, I'm thankful for a moment where we get, to, we get to worship. You know, the last week was horrible, to be honest with you. 
we were actually, when we moved from Reading last summer to move here, we were in the middle of Nevada somewhere in a U-Haul. I'm driving a 26-footer with a trailer with a car. It was a uh, very traumatic experience driving that thing for five days. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. There were some mountain passes. I thought, we're not going to make it up, and I'm going to die on the way down. <laughs> I'm like, these brakes better hold. They better hold. And there was one break, or one pass in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was like, I might die. I like literally thought I might die. I'm not kidding you. So if you're from Chattanooga, I'm not going that route again. <laughs> but we're in the middle of Nevada. It's on our first day. And we're, we've let go of everything. And we're starting a whole new chapter, a dream. And we got a phone call. And the phone call was my mom's diagnosis. And Candace is driving the truck, and I'm driving the U-Haul, so we're not even in the same vehicle. But we talked a lot on the phone. We just left the phone on. Even if we had nothing to say, we just leave the phone on. And I called her and just wept. We just both just wept. To be having a dream unfolding in our hands or in our life to move here and do what we felt the Lord told us to do and what we're super excited about. And then all of a sudden a nightmare is introduced. I'm thankful for mourning, to be honest with you. I'm thankful for the ability to mourn and to grieve. And I remember, I remember driving and Kenneth and I talked for a while, then I probably hung up or something and just went by myself. And I, I made this conscious decision. I said, I don't, I don't want to compartmentalize my emotions right now. I don't want to have, you know, this emotion over here and this emotion over here. I want it to all be right here, which was excitement, adventure, something new called studio and new city. I mean, just excited about that. And then also just angry, mad, sad, confused, what the, all at the same time. And I think sometimes in life we, we compartmentalize, and it would be easy for me to compartmentalize because I'm not physically there anymore. So they go, oh, that's, you know, I don't have to feel it. I said, I don't want to do that. I want to I be very present in what's happening with my mom, but I don't want it to take away from what's happening in the studio, and I don't want to take away what's happening here to take away from that. And so I think, I feel like sharing that with you guys, because sometimes in life, we just like to compartmentalize, and we don't realize that we're designed to experience every emotion known to man. And depending on your upbringing, or your, how you were raised, or what culture you're raised in, some, most cultures just focus on the good ones and don't pay attention to these ones. But you have to understand that each of us are actually designed to feel every emotion known to man. The question is what you do with them. And I believe every emotion is an invitation for Jesus to disciple you. It's for Jesus to do what he does best. We talk about the great comforter and there's a reason why he comforts. It's in moments like this. And so I'm thankful for mourning. And mourning is definitely happening in our home. 
and I know with many of you. I'm thankful for that. It's hard. It's not fun. And, but I'm thankful for it. I want to mourn my way to God. I don't want to mourn my way to darkness. I don't want to mourn my way to a calloused heart. I don't want to mourn my way to being jaded. I want to mourn my way to Him. I want to mourn my way to His reality. And mourning doesn't have timelines. I think sometimes we were like, how long is this going to last? And we like to, okay, I'm going to finish this in two months. Like, mourning just doesn't have timelines. Mourning is mourning. There's a passage of scripture I want to read to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I've been reading a lot of that book the last year. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 said, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. There was a Christian man and a Muslim man having this conversation. I was reading in a really great book. And they were discussing the differences between the Christian God and the Christian faith and the Muslim faith. And at some point in the conversation, the Christian looked at the Muslim man and said, the difference between my God and your God is my God chose to die for us. Your God wants you to die for him. And that very truth right there makes me thankful for our faith. I'm thankful for mourning and I'm thankful for our faith. This is the third time that we've gone through something like this in our family that was just hard, just tragic. And every time, and then there's friends that we've experienced it with, but as far as family and, and Brian and I, my brother and I were talking this week, like I don't know how people do this without faith in God. I just had no concept of how to go through something so hellish, so nightmarish, to see what cancer does to somebody, and to go through the last few days of, as she's breathing her last. I don't, I don't know how you do this without faith. So I'm thankful for faith today. I'm thankful for our faith in God, because he chose to die for us. And because he entered into time and space and chose to die for us, we have a hope in our eternity. It's not an endless cycle. It's not an endless drama of becoming something else in the next life. No, you end this one and you step into eternity. The Bible said time began in the beginning and then as you read scripture said there does come an end. And I think it's important for all of us to be aware we do have an end. And hopefully you've given your heart to the Lord because your faith is in the hope of eternity with him. And so today I just, I'm just thankful for faith. I'm thankful for, yes, this was tragic, but at the same time, my mom, I can hear her laughing her head off right now. And I can hear her saying things like, 
you better get ready for what you're about to see, because it's wild up here. <laughs> My mom was very mystical. She was very, very mystical. And so she, I think all of her dreams have now come true in <laughs> just about every way. I think she had probably the most exquisite, eloquent shofar on the planet. Well, not on the planet, wherever, wherever she is. And then I think she had this amazing sword and dagger. If you know my mom, she loves shofars. She's a weird, she, she's definitely weird. I'll just, I'm gonna say that. And I, she knows I say this. And, and she loves things that are like prophetic symbols. So she has this massive sword that's bigger than her, probably weighs more than her too. And I just like, oh, she's having fun right now with her shofars and swords. She's having a blast. So, but what do we do with the mystery of why? What do we do with the mystery of why? I think for us as a family, I mean, this just only makes it more in some regards. My mom was known for being healthy and free. She was a health nut. I mean, you talk about the healthiest person in the family, it's my mother. But she was such on a mission to, to find living and eating healthy. And she helped a lot of people become healthy, healthy people. And in fact, she wanted to come on her hunting trips. So my dad and my brothers and a few friends of ours, we go hunting every year. And she wanted to come and be our cook. And we're like, okay, if you come, we want, we want real food. And she said, not a problem, and she crushed it. She made it with all the stuff that apparently you're not supposed to have. But I, I only say this because she was a massive health nut. I mean, she, she helped a lot of people get healthy and well. I believe thousands from what we're hearing from reports. And then she dies from something that we as a family have made a commitment to eradicate, and that was cancer. We have a saying that we want cancer-free zones. So you have this tension between that and that. And we just, made it a, we just made it a priority. When my grandfather passed away 18 years ago from pancreatic cancer, and he was the patriarch of our movement. And it was, it was you know, same, same deal, like what's going on? And after he passed, I think there's 32 of us in the Johnson family by that time. Now there's like 60. Somebody's been having some kids, my cousins. <laughs> and we sat at the family and we made a decision. We said, and we were, we were grieving, we were grieving. And <clears throat> we made a decision and said, we will, we will never change the topic. We don't understand, this is all very confusing, and we don't know why. But we will continue to push against this thing called cancer to see it eradicated. Yeah. And we did, we did faithfully along with so many other people, many of you. So here we are again today. What? The same thing. And so I just, so we, after my mom passed, we worshiped for a moment, which was hard. I wanted to punch a hole in the wall. <laughs> I would have hurt, but it would have felt good. <laughs> but we worshiped for a moment, and then we just talked to the family, 20, 30 of us in a little bedroom, and we just talked and said the same thing. He said, remember when we did this when Grandpa died? Uh -huh. Same thing, we're not gonna change the topic. We're gonna continue to go after this. 
So how do you handle things that you don't understand? What we never want to do, we never want to allow our human experience to lower the standards of Jesus. And everything in our humanness wants to, because we need answers. We need, we need like connect these dots. Like, and so what we've done historically is we've said, oh, it's just the sovereignty of God that decide to do this such as sickness. And our, our great challenge, our great opposing challenge to that kind of theology is Jesus never not healed somebody that came to him. There wasn't one situation where he, it didn't work. That's the standard for us. And I understand there's a lot of tension with that. And, and I encourage many of you, you're like, well, what about, I get it. We've, we've been in this trench for a long time. But I just want to say for us, this is our posture. It's like, okay, if I can't connect the dots and find out why this happened, then I just need to be okay with mystery. The challenge with mystery is you're not in control. And if you want to be in control, then you will never embrace mystery. And so that's something, our faith, in, in the context of our faith, there's something called mystery. And this goes into that little spot. Don't understand it. So I'm thankful for mourning, and I'm thankful for faith. Steve Jobs had a really hard time putting on and off buttons on his products. You'll notice some of them don't have an on and off button, or it's really hard to figure out how to turn off his device. And there's actually a reason for that, because he, he was wrestling with what happened when you die. Even all the way to his death, you can read him one of the biographies that he approved of, the discussion around this, and he said, I don't know what happened. I don't know if you go here or go here, or you just stop. And he said, and that's why I don't like on and off switches on my products. So today, I'm thankful for eternity, because when we follow Jesus, we, get to, we know what's happening. We get to step into eternity. Our time is done here, but we actually step into a space where we're now completely fully alive, and we get to experience everything that God has promised. So today, I'm, I'm thankful for mourning, I'm thankful for faith, and I'm thankful for eternity. And I'm thankful my mom was welcomed home. Thankful she was welcomed home. A Couple more thoughts, and we're gonna take communion together. Hold the people you love a little tighter. Hold them a little bit tighter. What's messing me up this past week is my mom was quite stealthy. I knew that, but I didn't realize how much. She was, she was this little secret assassin with generosity. I'm like, oh, this is why I love generosity so much. And these stories are coming in where my mom would find people. No one knows in the back of the rooms or she hears a story about so-and-so and 
And she was just this little secret assassin with generosity. If she found out you liked her shoes, she'd buy them for you. And then your mom found out that I had, that um, I had no, I needed new clothes or something. And so she went and bought me new clothes and every pocket and every pant, every pocket and every clothing item had money stuffed in it. That's my mom. If you were in the back corner and she could tell that you were kind of on the fringe or just kind of alone, she was coming after you. That was my mom. She was just generous in a stealthy way. I just didn't realize the magnitude of it. That's part of who she is. And I realized, oh, that's why I love to talk about generosity so much. It's less about the actual material and the money. It's about this heart of generosity. Just give. Life is way too short. And what an amazing opportunity to be generous for people and change, change the course of their life. The other thing that she was part of her legacy would be freedom. She was a freedom, she fought for freedom, tell you what. She, uh, she didn't mess around. If anything tried to control or reduce, she would punch it back hard. I mean, she just fought for freedom. And all stemmed from an encounter she had with God many years ago. My mom was a very quiet, timid human. But she had got touched by God, I forget how many years ago, 20-something years ago, and she became a lion, a little petite little lion, because she got free. And her whole goal was to get you free. And that was something she fought for. She wrote several books, they're all very good. The one book that I think is a little profound, but the one I thought was really profound was Happy Intercessor. Because those two words never go together. They just didn't. And I've grown up in church. Like prayer meeting were depressing. Prayer was depressing. I mean, a whole conversation on prayer was like, I'm good. And my mom rewrote the narrative around prayer. And she, she helped the church to realize there's a different way to pray. And her biggest advice on prayer was, before you pray, find out what God is doing. So she rewrote the narrative on prayer, and that's a part of her legacy. It's part of her legacy. Candace, can you come join me? We're going to take communion. Thanks for listening, and we hope this talk benefits you in every way possible. For more information about Studio, you can go to studiogreenville.com or go to Instagram and look for studio.greenville. We would also love it if you would leave a review and hit those five stars. Other than that, have a great week and we'll see you soon.